we've been here all night. We've been here all day. We've got your rock and snap to snapped. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Snapped. As usual, I'm your host, Pete. And I'm Paul. And this is your weekly dissection of music's greatest hits, hidden gems, and cultural resets. Each week, we dive deep into a different album to try and convince you that they truly snapped. Today, we're strapping on our latex bunny ears and diving deep into Dangerous Woman. That's right, Pete. I think it's time we got a bit freaky. Dangerous Woman is Ariana Grande's third studio album, which was originally titled Moonlight and was released on May 20th, 2016 through Republic Records. The album debuted at number two on the US Billboard 200 and was her first album to not hit number one in the country, which is crazy because it's such an incredible album and so well known, I think, but it did become her first number one album in the UK, so we definitely liked it over here. Ariana described Dana's Woman as being the only album she's ever done where she loves each song just as much as the next. I don't think that's actually entirely true, as we'll discover later. Yeah, but for sure. She, she definitely lied here. <laughs> but, but she also commented on the album's variety in a recent live stream saying, everyone who has listened to the album so far has a different favourite, and that's amazing because it means my music is diverse. It's hitting all parts of the soul. She also went on to add that the album is near and dear to her heart and has put her whole heart into this album. This era begins in a strange way because Focus, her song, was confirmed as the lead single in August 2015 under the name Focus On Me at the iHeartRadio Music Summit. It was then released on October 30th, 2015 with a music video, but the song debuted at number 7 in the US and slid right down the charts in the following weeks. Focus's performance then set back the Dangerous Woman rollout, and Focus is now only found on the deluxe of the Japanese version of the album, so I definitely think she released this, saw that it was not the vibe for anyone, and went back and changed what she thought the album should be and what kind of sound it was going to follow. Right, I don't think there are any songs that sound a lot like Focus on the album, so definitely feels as though she saw that it wasn't picking up a lot of traction. I think, for me, it sounds an awful lot like Problem featuring Iggy Azalea, the lead single from her previous year album, My Everything, and I don't know whether the general public just thought it sounded too similar, and therefore it wasn't very current, it wasn't something that gained a lot of traction, so definitely something that she rejigged the rest of the album based off of. Yeah, it feels like it's its own little era with the platinum hair and the pink on the single art. It just feels like it doesn't belong in either era. It's like an in-between point. The album itself even felt like it was evolving during the recording process. As you've already teased, it was originally titled Moonlight. And I can't think of too many instances where we get an album title revealed and then it changes based on some of the singles and the traction that it gets going forward. And speaking of the title, in an Instagram post, Ariana revealed that the title actually comes from Egyptian feminist writer Nawal El Sadawi's 1975 novel, Woman at with the quote, they said, you're a savage and a dangerous woman. I'm speaking the truth, and the truth is savage and dangerous. This era is again a pop girl trying to change her image and make her into more of an adult with adult sounds and adult themes. And it's definitely imbued with how much she was in love when writing these songs. And then I think her opinion of the songs has now changed in current day based on how she was feeling then versus how she feels now about the people involved. 
I remember when they released Moonlight as the title of the album and I really enjoyed it. It does feel very fairy tale, very romantic. And I was really hopeful initially for that sort of love struck album. But once I actually heard the content of the album and the messaging that she was putting out, I'm really glad that she decided to change it from Moonlight. I don't believe that Moonlight encapsulates the tone messaging and viewpoint that the album goes on to take. It is a lot freakier, it is a lot more sexualized and shies a bit away from the romantic side of love and puts the focus, no pun intended, on that sexualized nature of a relationship. So Dangerous Woman for me encapsulates the actual album a lot better and I really love it as the album title. Definitely alongside the very iconic album cover with the latex bunny ears really giving us house bunny times dominatrix and I think the image is really striking and has definitely been worn by any gay or they that likes to take their shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely when I think of Ariana Grande the imagery of her in the bunny mask does come to the very forefront of my mind. This is kind of her apex peak imagery. For me, I don't think the Thank You Next era or the Sweetener era has such a distinct viewpoint or moment that I think of. She's got the ponytail throughout the entire career and this piece feels so rooted in Dangerous Woman that I instantly go back to this era anytime I see it, anytime I think of it. I don't think she's really reached those same level of instantly iconic heights as she does in this album cover. We're going to dive into some of the sexy singles, but before that, we're going to go quickly to a little advert break. Hello and welcome to Starbucks. What can I get for you today? Can I please have a, a soy latte? Of course, ma'am. What size would you like? Oh, I'm gonna get a grande. Don't be greedy, just get a grande grande. The new eco-friendly drink here at Starbucks. Ma'am, please stop licking the donuts. Wow, that made me thirsty. Speaking of thirsty, we're gonna go to the lead single, Dangerous Woman, released on March 11th, 2016. In an interview with Billboard, Grande stated, I want to be empowering my fans. I feel like my personal growth is reflected in the sound. I'm really proud of it. To me, a dangerous woman is someone who's not afraid to take a stand, be herself, and to be honest. This is such a goodly single. To me. Right. (laughs) Definitely the right choice. Definitely is a clear roadmap of where she's going in her career, what this album is all about. The concept of Dangerous Woman is that she's a dangerous woman. She has such a mature sound from the get-go. I don't think her previous albums sound immature, but I definitely feel like this is her taking a stance as an adult in the music industry rather than the girl from Nickelodeon. Right. The first two albums very specifically have a fairy tale, almost Disney, even though she comes from Nickelodeon, feel to them. There are obviously some exceptions. Love Me Harder is a really good song and feels quite mature with The weekend, but this really comes out the gate with a real world viewpoint. And the first time for me really has something to say. While I think the song has a lot to say, I think the music video has nothing to say at all. That's so upsetting. It's extremely disappointing. It just is Ariana in front of different playing backdrops singing the song. I think she really shows off her skills more in the acapella music video, which is her in the aforementioned bunny ears. And it's in colour and it just feels like one of those you had to be there in the moment because the camera was rolling and she was practising and she was just giving vocals on the set and they were like, this is undeniably needed to be captured. She really shows the strength she has over her own voice and how iconic her voice is that it's so recognisable that it's her. 
she really dug out a niche and went with it in this album. Why y'all got to laugh? I just hit an Ariana Grande note, bitch. It's also really brave just to put out a video of you singing, you know, a cappella without any help or any other support. Ariana's intention for the music video was that she was going to actually put out two different music videos for it. She explained that we're doing two visuals because this song makes me feel two kind of ways. It makes me feel sexy and glamorous and I wanted to do a simple more glam themed video and then do another video because it makes myself feel like a super version of myself in a way. We don't know what that means because we never got the second visual but as you say the first one is just her rolling around on a bed with lingerie. You were topless, you had sex at a waterbed, you kissed another woman and you know what? And we have to stand, but I expected a bit more for the first video of a new era. The second visual, I guess, was supposed to be more of a superhero-themed music video, which we've got a lot of in this particular era too. But she said that essentially the video was a mess due to the visual effects not being realistic enough and she didn't want to put it something she wasn't proud of. But the concept was her peeling her skin off her face and the Dangerous Woman mask being underneath. Oh, that would be hot. That would be so cool. I would have really, really enjoyed that. I understand that would have looked a bit unusual, but because that is the main visual of the entire album, it would have been really striking and it would have summed up the concept of the album being, you know, there's a dangerous woman inside everybody lurking underneath once you feel like it's time to let her out. Surprisingly, the song only debuted at number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is still amazing. And it did make Grande the first artist in the 57 year history of the charts to debut in the top 10 with her lead single from each of her albums. That's really surprising to me. I would have thought that Britney would have done that. Yeah. I guess Me Against the Music mustn't have done as well. But I mean, claps for Ariana for doing this. I think it's very well deserved. Yeah, this song marks her seventh Billboard Hot 100 top 10 and her faith to debut in the top 10. So her career was on the way up and continued to rise after this. Exactly, because her second single, Into You, then was released on the 6th of May 2016, and it is a Max Martin banger and a gay call to arms. When Into You comes on when you're in the club, you run, no matter where you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're in the bathroom, if you're at the cocktail bar, if you're outside, you're bursting inside. Like, it is just such an anthem, and really makes everybody come together to just have a good time. It's such a feel-good, I don't know what's in the backing, but it, the instrumental is just, like, laced with something good. It's an undeniably infectious earworm. I don't know if there's been a year since 2016 that I haven't listened into you monthly. Right, it's always in my Spotify wrapped up there somewhere. I'm sure it's one of my top played songs of all time. And it really doesn't feel like it ages either. It's just as good now as it was when it came out. I remember it dropped and I'm like, yes, she's got two heavy hitters with Dangerous Woman and then Into You coming out. Ariana's single choices in their previous albums are not 100% my favourite. I do think there are some sort of slower duds in there. I don't think you can say the same for Into You. And what about the music video? Is it a bit more concept heavy than Dangerous Woman? It wouldn't be very difficult to be more concept heavy, but yeah, there's definitely a storyline here of forbidden love and just running away to be with somebody that you're really into. <laughs> the concept of Into You is Into You as well, but yes, it's very similar to Radar by Britney Spears. Actually, we talked about it last week where she is in a relationship with somebody who's very rich but kind of controlling and you're actually falling in love with the worker in inverted commas. You know, here Ariana's in love with the bodyguard that really is there to support her. They run away to the desert together into a motel and just explore each other's bodies. It's, it's cool. It's definitely better than the Dangerous Woman video. Chart-wise, though, it doesn't actually reach the heights that Dangerous Woman achieve. It lands at number 14 in the US Billboard charts and number 13 in the UK charts. Again, not bad numbers, but a bit disappointing for me. 
just because I feel like this song has a legacy that extends beyond anything else in terms of those chart numbers. When I looked up what actually was number one the week that it came out, it was Sia's Cheap Thrills, which again is a very big pop song. Mm. But I can't even imagine what the other 13 songs were that were bigger than Into You. I would have a disagreement. There's something... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Chainsmokers and Halsey's in there somewhere with oh, a stranglehold on us. But 2016 I... was plagued by that song. <laughs> Genuinely, you couldn't go anywhere without it. And I think us as a society would be further along if Into You had that level of success. <laughs> Undoubtedly, the most successful of the singles is the next single released on August 30th, 2016. And that is Side to Side featuring Nicki Minaj. I'm the podcast resident Onika Stan and she just comes in hard in this song. Ironically, this is not my favourite song on the album, but I do think this one has a grip on the charts. The song was very successful, charting in 38 countries. It peaks at number four in the US and in the UK, three in Australia, two in New Zealand. And this comes after a couple of really successful collabs between Ariana and Nikki. I think they have a very good working environment and they seem to really enjoy each other and enjoy asking each other to be on their respective albums. I really am interested to pick your brain as, as you say, our resident Nikki fan. Are you a Nikki fan? What? Am I a Nikki fan? Pull up in the Sri Lanka. What? Y'all want me? What? I definitely wanted to pick your brain and see where you think this stacks up in their overall collabs discography. So we have Bang Bang featuring Jessie J. Who? <laughs> side to Side, Get On Your Knees, The Light Is Coming, and Bed. Where do you think Side to Side slots in here? Well, the undisputable best collab between the two of them is Get On Your Knees. Yes, I agree. I completely agree. It's so good. I think the goalposts are Get On Your Knees at the top, Light Is Coming at the bottom. Oh, for sure. Yeah, word it. yeah, exactly. They are the benchmarking exercises here. I'd say I'd probably put it third. I think Get On Your Knees and Bed are so good. I think this slots well as a trilogy of their of the sexy trifecta. Me too, a hundred percent, yeah. I know Taylor's got like the teenage love triangle and Ariana and Nikki have the slutty hoes getting their freak on triangle. And I don't want to be in that one. I think it's a three part story where we're on our knees, then we're in the bed and then we're side to side. We're walking side to side afterwards. Right, <laughs> yeah. Feels to me as if Get On Your Knees was definitely an inspiration for some of the tones, some of the themes and some of the genre flip in this album definitely feels inspired by Ariana's work on that song and thank god. The single is accompanied by an exercise themed sexy peloton and steam room music video which has an insane amount of views on YouTube. We watched it and it has two billion views. There's so many clicks. It's more than any of Ariana's other music videos. I didn't even quite realise the stranglehold that this song had on the general public until I really saw those numbers and it contextualised it for me. You can't help but think of Ariana on that exercise bike when you think of side to side. And then Nikki was like, I'm not doing exercise, I'll sit in the steam room with men who are dressed up as Ken dolls. But I think you can clearly see that they're having fun when they work together. I don't think it's a job. It's like them honouring each other by asking each other to do them a favour and be on their album. Totally, until the latest coming comes out and they haven't worked together since. I'm, I can't blame them. It really was such a misstep in this otherwise very incredible body of work. And finally, last and least of these singles. <laughs> <laughs> 
of the singles from this album is Every Day featuring Future, which was released four months later on the 10th of January 2017. Now, it does feel like Ariana decided, okay, the last single was a good sex song featuring a rapper. Let me do that one again. And she puts it every day. According to Ariana in a Kiss FM interview, she says that she knew she wanted to work with Future, but didn't know if they could find the right song to do together because they're so different. But they find a dope vibe and it's very unique and exciting. I don't think that's true at all. Guys, it was all a lie. No, it's very similar to a lot of the other songs on the album. I think it's a good song. I want to preface it by saying I yeah. think it's a really good album track. I think the feature's really good from Future. His voice sounds really good with Ariana's. Ariana has a lot of collabs with rappers across the first three albums and will extend that trend going forward on future albums. And they're all really good. I, don't, I can't think of a bad one so far, but I don't think this needed to be a single. I don't think it's diverse enough. I don't think it's different enough. And I think there are a lot of other songs on the album that shows a slightly different side that maybe would have been a better final single. Yes, this definitely feels disjointed as the last song. I don't know if she just wanted to cash in on Future's fans who would buy the song as well. But I don't think it's particularly unique at all. The chorus is definitely deliberately monotonous. Kind of like the rhythm that she's trying to talk about. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's very chart friendly. I think something like Touch It would have gone off a bit more. Totally. Ariana was definitely phoning in the end of this era and <laughs> continued the trend by phoning in the music video too, which is just a compendium of different sexy times on different locations. She really went for all the different demographics here. So we have like a straight, slightly more curvilicious couple having <laughs> sex on top of a car with Ariana just like watching. She's a voyeur. In the biggest puffer coat. Right. <laughs> She's like undercover. She's clearly sponsored by whatever the brand is. But it's just her walking around doing different day-to-day -day items and then people are just having sex. So there's like lesbians in the laundrette. Now, that's a Lana album that I would listen to. <laughs> there are people having sex on the street. There's an old couple having sex on the bus. People in the office block. I was waiting for the gays to turn up, but just lesbians. That's okay. She said L. The end. Period. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just can you never not be gay for five seconds? I'm just like, can you not be gay for five minutes? It wasn't Pride Month, so she was not giving us that. It was January. That's okay. Vegas, let me hear y'all make some noise! Okay, completely frank. I had never seen this music video before doing our research for this, and I'm a really big Ariana Grande stan. I had never heard of it. I didn't even really know it was a single. It really went under the radar. From the chart sales, it doesn't sound like anyone else knew it was a single either. It gets number 55 in the US charts, number 123 on the UK charts, or number 23 in the bubbling under, if you want to look at it like that. You know, it's, it does not take off. It really puts a nail in the coffin for this era and kind of unfortunately just lets it, no pun intended, peter out and not really go very far. And this is all not to mention that she also releases a promo single for Let Me Love You with a music video that again is very stilted and doesn't get going. It's very similar to the Dangerous Woman music video where Ariana is posing on a bed for the majority of the video. I get why Nikki was like, oh, I'll write the song better about Ariana. She clearly loves being there. <laughs> Until Lil Wayne shows up and they sing together and that is it, period, dot. That's all there is to it. Not bedridden with Grandpa Joe. Right, it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's literally Grandpa... What's his name? Grandpa Joe. It's Grandpa Joe, Granny Mush and Ariana in the bed going on the glass elevator up to space. <laughs> and that's where the Break Free music video happens. There's a full cinematic universe here. Roll Dahl times Ariana. <laughs> 
But it definitely feels a bit messy to me. As we've said before, she changes the name from Moonlight to Dangerous Woman. There's a lot of indecision going on around the direction to take this. And the song Moonlight was decided to be a single as well with a music video that was filmed. But I don't think you can see the music video. Just behind the scenes shots can be seen on YouTube. Right. It was scrapped as Ariana broke up with the inspiration for the song, her ex-dancer Ricky Alvarez, in June of 2016, one month after the album dropped. Alvarez had hand-built a wooden recording booth and carved a crescent moon on it for Grande. You may remember him from the line in Thank You Next, where she says, wrote some songs about Ricky, now I listen and laugh. I could have said, wrote some songs about Ricky, never mind he's trash. I was like, I could have said that. <laughs> the two seem to be friendly now, with Alvarez co-directing the Monopoly music video, but it's probably for the best that this wasn't released. It's kind of awkward to then look back on your pet name for your ex-boyfriend, and I'm glad she did not name the album after it. Well, she's got a history of naming things after people she should not. <clears throat> Pete Davison. However... <laughs> Even if this was the last single, I don't think it makes sense to release a ballad that doesn't really reflect the album at the very end. So I'm so glad that at least we didn't get this to elongate the end of the era. I don't think the public would have picked it up. I don't think it would have charted very well. And overall, I would worry that it would have flopped. Speaking of snapped and flopped, let's play our favourite little game and choose which songs from the album hit the high note and hit the bum note. Okay, for my first snapped, I had to pick Probably my favourite song off this album, Touch It. Again, another Max Martin produced bop. He doesn't know when to stop. He can't let up. I wish he would get back in the recording studio and make some more bops. But yeah, in this era, he was just churning them out. This song in particular is all about our relationship. The guy in the relationship is distrusting and sort of cautious of his new partner. While Ariana is enjoying the relationship so much and is reassuring the guy that no one is going to mess it up. So, you know, no one's going to touch it. She wants to get to the part in the relationship where they can trust each other and she really just wants to fall in love. It's a really good love song for me, but also features those incredible whistle notes that Ariana is so well known for at the end, sort of symbolizing that part of the relationship where they really just join up and get together and sort of that euphoric feeling that you feel when that happens. I feel like the high note is kind of like the climax in the song and the climax in the bed. <laughs> you squirping like a chirping like the bird I was gonna say exactly the same she does use that technique even more explicitly in hair on positions in 2020 so I feel like that is where she's teasing this idea a little more subtly not a song about hair don't mention oh my god you're just immediately pressing flopped on that one (laughs) your prejudice against hair continues And Ariana's prejudice for this song goes even further. She continually slates it and says it's really bad. She calls it boring, says it puts her to sleep. I mean, doesn't do that to me. She needs to get off her ass and go listen to Touch It. People these days don't want to get up off their ass and listen to Touch It (laughs) because they think it's going to make them go to sleep. (laughs) Even more oddly, though, the song was featured as a remix in a Final Fantasy Brave Exvius mobile game in which Grande has a character which is called Dangerous Ariana. Now, it's not very creatively named, but... (laughs) She looks so good uh, in this. I'll post it on our socials, but it's just Ariana as a sprite with the black latex bunny mask on. She throws some spells around and then she pays the song so much dust. You have to look it up though. It's got a very orchestral and really random remix that's on YouTube that was featured in a trailer. For some reason, this song is just all about an intimate moment and even just knowing the other person's there is an orchestral remix in a game all about slaying demons and monsters. And I find that kind of camp. 
I want to be her for Halloween in this outfit. You're going to be dangerous, Ariana, and I'll be... A dragonfly! For my Snapped, I kind of cheated because this is two songs for the price of one, but it's New Better slash Forever Boy. In the original track list for Dangerous Woman, New Better and Forever Boy were two separate songs, track 13 and track 15. New Better was also originally entitled Ain't Nobody Like Me. Lyrically, it's speculated that the New Better portion of the song is about her ex Big Sean and the Forever Boy portion is about Ricky Alvarez. I really enjoy that duality in a song of the end of one relationship and the beginning of another and how they can transition seamlessly for lucky people. It's a great concept that I do think is utilised really well here. It is teasing some of the other songs in the album that are breakup songs and then the songs that are about Ricky, like Moonlight, as you've already said. There is that dichotomy between the two in this album, so it's really great that she just puts song out like this that has both elements. And I really enjoy the concept of sort of melding them together because it's like you're still in the middle of both. You're still not over the last relationship, but you're also so in love with the new one. Definitely. But following on from her lying era, she stated on Twitter that she prefers New Better to Forever Boy when she just said a hot minute ago that she loves every song on the album equally. But I really enjoy the fact that she's petty because she loved all the songs when she was with Ricky and then they break up a month after the album comes out and she's like, oh, all those songs about Ricky? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's petty and I really enjoy that. Obviously, as this is two songs, it's the longest track on the album. But she blessed us with New Better Part 2, which is also known as Nobody Like Me. She really can't decide what she wants to call this song. <laughs> so she extended that part of the song and reprised it, but it was exclusively released on SoundCloud, unfortunately. The song replaces the entire Forever Boy portion of the original song with a new verse of Ariana rapping. Lyrically, the then added portion is about Ariana moving on from her ex, Ricky Alvarez, and into a new relationship with Mac Miller. Which again is so petty, she made a song about getting over an ex and getting with someone else, then removed his parts of the song and added her new boyfriend. Right, it's like an Uno reverse flip card. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, okay, no, not about you, baby. You know that little like recording booth that he built for her is on fire, sitting somewhere, like just, she's like, Moonlight's are over. <laughs> and wasn't her Twitter name Moonlight Bay? I think it's her Snapchat name, yeah. She did um, go as Moonlight Bay on Snapchat when she was teasing a lot of the songs from the album. But again, you know, she logged out, hit snapchat.com, delete account, and then made one called, like, Into You Girl or something. <laughs> because, yeah, there's a remix of Into You with Mac Miller that comes out later. Again, I'm like, oh, she's playing mess. And it's flavorful to me. What a fucking mess. I know, even Billboard labelled this song as a three steps away from being a diss track for Big Sean with the help of her boyfriend, Mac Miller. <laughs> it's clear that Mac Miller helped her write the rap about him and the, the constant use of sheesh in the background definitely slides us naturally into Sweetener where she loves to rap, inverted commas. Yeah, her trap era is incoming and again, would rather just stay in our Tindus Woman bubble for now. What about your final snapped, Paul? It's gotta be be alright. I know we don't fully agree on this one, but I'm gonna sell you on it. I'm listening. She may not be a rap queen, but she's queen of voguing. I'm so into voguing right now. And <laughs> this song just goes off so good for me. I even just love the messaging of it where Ariana reassures her listeners that we all face challenges in life. We're gonna be alright. I just really like the messaging of the song. Ariana reassures her listeners that although we all face challenges in life, will all overcome them and everything will be all right. And I just think that while that's twee, it is a really nice uplifting message with a really nice beat. 
I kind of like the beat. <laughs> it is strange to me when we disagree because we usually agree a lot on music, but I just can't get behind Be Alright. That is a sin to most people, but I don't think it's the worst. It's definitely not a flop, but I would skip it, to be honest. Okay, well, I would like your address to the Arianators to come and get you, but since I also live here, that might not work out well for me. <laughs> Otherwise, it will be over for you. They would have, like, your fake ponytail ripped out of your head. This song actually first appeared on June 17th, 2015, when Ariana released two separate snippets of the song on her Snapchat account at Moonlight Bay, hinting at the song for nearly a year up to its eventual release. She also performed the song Be Alright alongside Genius Woman when she hosted Saturday Night Live on March 12th, 2016. So it actually is the second song that we got to hear from this era. And I really even love that performance on SNL. It is so good with her voguing with her backup dancers. A really interesting tidbit from me as well is that it was supposed to feature Migos. No, is it? It's just me. Migos is the band. Migos. Migos. Okay. I don't know who they are. So I'm not going to pretend like I know who these men are. Um, Known drag queen haters, Migos. Right, enemies of the pod. Miko is like as far to say. And the version that you can find on YouTube is really, really bad. Like, <laughs> they're constantly reiterating what she's saying and adding nothing to the song. They add a rap that doesn't really go anywhere and isn't needed. I don't really enjoy it. Though there is like a good ad up that they do that's like, well, you know that we gon' be alright. And then they put that in the live performances of the song. Oh. You know that we gon' be alright. Which I think adds so much to to the song and has a lot of flavour to the choruses, which I think my only criticism is that the choruses feel a tiny bit empty vocally. So maybe that would help it. Okay, so be alright, hater. What would you put on your flop then? Well, for me, it would have to be Jason's song, Give It Away. Who? Yeah, she should have given it away. Um, so obviously, when I pick a song that I'm not vibing with, I do like to do a bit more research into it. And I think the song makes a bit more sense when you figure out who Jason is, but it doesn't make it a good song, but... (laughs) Why don't you tell us who Jason is? (laughs) I'm here to educate. So the song is named after Jason Robert Brown, who's a Broadway composer and co-wrote and produced the song. He and Ariana became close during her work on 13 The Musical, which he composed the tracks to. He was also a mentor for Grande on the show. So from my quick glance at 13, the musical, it seems to be a musical about a boy moving town and missing his bar mitzvah. Never heard of it. Never. I'm so sorry to this musical. If it was walking down the street, I wouldn't know it. Sorry to it. <laughs> so you can definitely tell the show tune impact on this song. She stated herself that the song was the most different on the album, having an undeniably different sound compared to the other songs that have been released. And I think if you're describing your own song and you've written different twice in your own explanation of your song, it just feels like, well, why was it on the album then? Yeah. It definitely has a 70s jazz sort of sound. Lyrically, the song is all about how her significant other isn't treating her right and that he's just trying to use her to be cool. So I think this is another dig at someone. Pick pick which one you want to talk about. I should have been at Jason. <laughs> he gave it away. I hate the fact that it's called Jason's song. So I really just do. I think if it was called Give It Away, I would like it slightly more. I don't... I, I'm lazy, so I only just found out who Jason was from researching, but... I really naively, and again, this is problematic, I just thought it was a very Ronan-esque song from Taylor. You know, I really thought it was, like, inspired by someone who died. I'm like, who's Jason? I don't know him. Well, I don't know, because she collaborates with this man, this man, and then puts it on the deluxe version of the album. 
So you couldn't listen to it unless you went to Target. And I wouldn't be. I'd be going to Walmart. I'd be going to Tesco's. I would no. be going to Asta. I wouldn't be wanting this version. But then she releases it as a promo single and performs it on Jimmy Fallon. I think she just seems very indecisive and doesn't know whether to put it on or not. The sound on this song is just so different to what she's trying to convey to me sonically in this album that it just sticks out as something that could have been like a Spotify sessions or something different and not connected to the Dangerous Woman universe. Right, bundle it into the 13 The Musical soundtrack as a bonus, like a bonus song on there. That makes a lot of sense to me. But it being like the canonically final song on this album, if you listen to the deluxe version, it really leaves a weird ending to me. It doesn't feel like it's in line with the romantic storyline that we're getting in the other songs. Yes, and I actually read a blog post that Jason wrote about the song, and he wrote that he really loves the album and his personal favourites are Greedy, Into You and Leave Me Lonely. So the man does have taste. Right, he didn't even list his own song on there. He was like, mine isn't the best, to be fair. <laughs> and what would you pick for your flopped, Paul? I don't care. No, genuinely, the song I don't care, I don't care for it. <laughs> on May 19th, 2016, while doing a Q&A on Vivo's Twitter, Ariana confirmed that I Don't Care was the last song recorded on the album. She could have missed the studio that day. Just, <laughs> just called it a rap on May 18th of 2016 and no, said... No, don't tell Ariana to rap. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> this is like the weird, like, what do you call it? Like the, this is like the weird bootstrap paradox where now she's rapping because I've said that. Who's <laughs> travelled back in time. The bootstrap paradox. Google it. There are only six words in the chorus and no bridge, so it's extremely short in terms of content. It's a six-word chorus. Six words in that chorus, girl. The actual instrumental itself and overall tone reminds me of something that should have been on Christmas and Chill, her EP for Christmas, rather than this album. Or just in the trash folder. (laughs) Recycle. Yeah, recycle and do not reuse. This messaging, though, is great. It's all about how to stop caring about what people think about you and just to be yourself. But it doesn't really go anywhere for me. Genuinely, over half of the 2 minutes 58 second runtime is just vocal runs and breathing vocals, which are beautiful, but make the album really slow down in the middle then for me. Though I don't feel like I'm the only person that feels this. On Spotify, it has the least streams on the normal version of the album by quite a significant margin, with only 52.8 million streams. Which does sound like a lot of streams, and I mean, I don't get that many streams. But it is 30 million streams less than the next lowest, which is sometimes. And to sum up, if I am looking for a song called I Don't Care, I'll always be pressing play on the iconic Cheryl Cole song instead. (laughs) But perk up your ears, what we do want you to care about are these brilliant messages that we have from our next sponsors. Do your PowerPoint presentations leave people saying, I don't care? Sick of making bad decisions? Looking for a new style with the fresh type of flow? Try our new slide to slide feature today. Transition between slides so seamlessly that Chromatica 2 into 911 will seem like a clunky mess. Dick bicycle sold separately. Terms and conditions apply. Come on, vocals. Well, hopefully your ears have recovered from that incredible note. And we are currently on the red carpet for this week's edition of The Snappies. Woo! 
And on the ground with our very first award of the evening is Pete with the cringiest line. I really do need to take a deep dive into what my issue is with people singing about their own hair. But I will be taking a line from our Jason and Jason's song. (laughs) The line reads as follows. You focused your frustration on a small detail. Blew it out of scale like my ponytail. Mm. Now, what the hell does that mean? This is like Ashley with her bangs unlockable. Her bangs were unlockable, but this one I can't justify. I really don't know what's going on. Ariana's peak ponytail obsession is in this era, so I don't know whether she's just like, I'm the one with the ponytail, it's me. Jason should have given that line away. But I want to pick your brain while we're here. Do you like the line about the dick bicycle? Obviously. I think it's transcendent. I think it's inspired. I think it's nuanced. Yeah, Shakespeare was like taking notes from the grave. <laughs> do you not? Take notes from the grave or... Oh no, do I not like this, the line dick bicycle? I do like it. I don't really love like wrist icicle until I realised that it was about like just a bracelet, like a diamond bracelet that she's got for riding on the dick bicycle I think it's so clever because she knows you just saw Ariana on a bike and now she's talking about a dick bike I really like it in conjunction with the music video yeah I know I really do I like it regardless but I think there is an added enjoyment if you listen to the music video I do really like it I just wanted to get your thoughts on it but yeah I think she's so clever in knowing that the audience sometimes can turn off during the rap section of a song so then if you say dick suddenly your ears are open oh what was that Right, and also actually does apply to the context of the song. I really like it too. And I mean, I definitely wouldn't give the cringiest line on any album to Nikki. Probably not even her own album. So not trying to suggest that. But just wanted to pick your brain while we were there. <laughs> now we're going to go over to Paul to give us a weird fact. Okay, so this one is a bit unusual and I didn't know this until my research. But on November 25th of 2015, Charlie Puth revealed slash threatened that he was writing songs for Ariana for this era. However, the album thankfully does not contain any songs in which he is credited as a writer, but he can be heard beatboxing during the beginning and throughout the whole track of Dangerous Woman. I don't know whether my ears have a filter on Charlie Puth songs, so I don't hear his vocals. I don't think of him on this song. I don't hear a male beatboxer and I don't want to hear it. But I just think that's so interesting. It's He was definitely trying to queer bait seven years in advance in 2015 with this yes i was gonna say i think 2022 charlie puth would love to be on dangerous woman and would love to pose in just the bunny ears and his dick bicycle else. yeah <laughs> and not his dick bicycle well he's basically posting it online right now we'll have little mix out after him as well oops and speaking of oops let's go right over to pete with the ugliest merch from this era i do want to preface that i think the merch in this era is really good. Oh, I wish I had some. It's so cool. If any little snappies want to send us Dangerous Woman merch, we'll love you forever. But Yeah, we're a size small. Uh, Extra small. (laughs) (laughs) But there is just one item that I can't even look. (laughs) Looking at it is so funny to me. It looks Um, photoshopped. Yeah. I really hope it wasn't for sale, but it's a pair of the cheapest pre-mark light grey joggers with you know when you're in primary school and they let you go on the computer for the first time and you realize what word art is and then you're like text wrapping the words yeah this literally just says dangerous 
over the coochie crack of the, <laughs> the coochie crack. Set. Because I don't want to see coochie crack or ass crack. I don't know what word it would spell if your dick bicycle turned up, but it is absolutely <laughs> vile. I think they're trying to do a spin on like juicy couture sweatpants that like are like yummy mummy, ironically ugly, but these just are plain bad. I don't know who's walking around in those. I really want to know if it says woman on the front, but... Final Fantasy should have had her as dangerous Ariana in these sweatpants instead. Well, it could be her name written across her coochie crack. <laughs> dangerous on the coochie crack, woman on the ass crack. Lana Del Rey. <laughs> now, Paul, we're going to go over to you to award the best live performance. That's right, and both my picks actually come from Dangerous Woman Tour, where she really puts her whole ponytail into all of her performances, not to trigger you. <laughs> the best for me, though, has to be the Be Alright opener, with the voguing dance break featuring her iconic laugh and her snatched waist in a short black dress with a high neck and a necklace, and, again, her snatched back ponytail. And it really sets up the show with high energy and production value. It's really disappointing to me that we can't get the official like tour version on Spotify because the dance break is amazing. Again, you can find it on SoundCloud and we will post a snippet of it on our socials, but it really did get the crowd going and energized for the tour. I couldn't technically include the second pick because it is not from this album, but it is from this era. So I want to shout out the break free performance from the Dangerous Woman tour in Buffalo in America. So specific, I know. Because there's a note change that she randomly pulls out. She's never done it before. She's never done it since. That shattered my brain cells when I heard it for the first time. And we'll insert a quick clip here just so that you can marvel in the glory of it. I remember very early on in our relationship, Paul showing me this video as at gunpoint yeah it was the most life-changing thing ever and i was like what was that i really regret showing you like little random pieces of concert stuff that i really like because i'm like watching you watch it usually in the car and i was like set up on the dashboard being like does he like it is he gonna like it and you're like it was good <laughs> Because it's just like really niche, stupid, like no changes that me at, what age did I have been? 11? 12? No. 12? In 2016. 22. <laughs> Not me, 265 days a year. <laughs> 265 days, where the hell that bitch living? That these really random no changes that in my early 20s I really obsessed over. This is why I was single, clearly. But to close out the snappies, it's back over with Pete with his pick for best look. These are her crispest, clearest, most focused oh. visuals I think she's ever given in this era. I really, really like it. For me, the photos that she uses to announce the track list of her getting a mugshot, holding the title of each track, is so inspired. She's got her crown on, wonky. She's got a feather boa. She's giving prom queen that got caught doing something she shouldn't do. She doesn't give a fuck. She's not taking the mugshot seriously. She's posing differently in every single one. Kind of giving life to each song before we could even hear it. But yes, it's very prom queen inspired. And I think it really fits in with the dangerous woman of her being younger 
into breaking the law in the Dangerous Woman universe and being on the run in her latex mask. I think it just fits in with the whole story really nicely. And also there's this expectation that child stars coming from Disney and Nickelodeon turn out to be rebellious, always get in trouble with the law and all have mugshots. And I think there's such a play on that as well of her saying, I'm in my dangerous era, but like, this is what you expect of me. Okay. And then here's Bops. It's so good. And unfortunately, that is the end of this week's Snappies, but we will head right back over to the studio to wrap up with our final thoughts. Now we're back in the studio and we think it's important to discuss the tour for this album, which of course includes the tragic Manchester bombing of 2017. If anyone finds this difficult to listen to, please feel free to skip ahead as we know this has affected so many lives and continues to to this day. The Dangerous Woman tour itself included 77 shows from February 3rd to September 21st, 2017. On May 22nd, 2017, after Grande's show at Manchester Arena in England finished, a shrapnel bomb explosion caused the death of 22 concertgoers and more than 800 were injured. Grande then cancelled all subsequent tour dates through to June 5th. Grande then organised a benefit concert called One Love Manchester, which took place on June 4th at the Old Trafford Cricket Ground in Manchester to aid the bombing victims and affected families. By the end of the concert, it had raised £17 million and starred other artists such as Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry and Little Mix. Grande also re-released her previous single One Last Time and a live cover of her singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow with all funds going to the British Red Cross. Our thoughts and prayers are with all the family and friends of those affected by this tragic event. We're not going to dwell on this too much because I know it can be really hard to hear. So we're going to talk more about the album. Yep, that's right, Pete. The album itself then was nominated at the 59th Annual Grammy Awards for Best Pop Vocal Album and the title track for Best Pop Solo Performance. However, unfortunately, Grande did not receive either of these awards. I do think Into should have got a few nods in there as well because I do think it is probably the most Grammy-friendly pop song that she has overall, to be honest. So surprising that it didn't get a nod. But where some of the other songs on this album did get some notoriety is on RuPaul's Drag Race. So this song, Greedy, is quite an infamous lip-sync song from Drag Race Season 9, seeing Valentina refuse to take off her mask while lip-syncing against Nina Bonina Brown. Take that thing off of your mouth. I'd like to keep it on, please. Ariana was definitely for showing some of her lips in some of these songs, though. (laughs) I don't think as a gay person you can listen to Greedy and not think of this moment. It's kind of cursed the song in a way that you can't enjoy it as just a song anymore. It's more of a cultural moment rather than a fun bop in the middle of the track list. Right, there was only seven words in that chorus, girl. Seven (laughs) words. (laughs) Do I seem mad to you? (laughs) There were only six words in the I Don't Care chorus as well. Ariana was definitely skipping out in the word count this time. There's also some extended reading that you can do for this album, which is the incredible remix of one of the bonus tracks, Step On Up, mixed with Britney Spears' Gimme More, which really does need to be released. I think it was a TikTok sound as well. Yeah. But it has 31 million views on YouTube and every one of them is deserved. I really wish it could be released like the Toxic Pony remix that got released or the Frozen TikTok remix for Madonna. Yeah, that would be such a hit for her. I wish that she could have released this as the fourth single from the album over every day. I feel like it would nearly have more views on YouTube than the music video for that as well. It's really, really good. 
So before we think about where this took her next, what era in your life does this album take you to, Paul? I don't know whether it's because of the side to side music video or not, but a lot of these songs were in my gym era, which I didn't like. Okay, to oh, say wow. that I did, to say that I had a gym era is really strong. I had a gym membership for an extended period of time and sometimes went between the hours of 9pm and 11pm to try and avoid the hustle and bustle back when I was still at uni. It really got me inspired in the elliptical, not enough to remember it, but um, yeah, specifically Touch It and Into You, Really Bring Me There, Greedy, Leave Me Lonely, a lot of those songs were my stepping, beginning my skinny era and I thank you Ariana for that. <laughs> but I never at once got on the, the bikes, like I wasn't riding dick bicycles or any others in, the, in pure gym. It really was not the vibe. But I don't know why. I definitely know that it would be on a lot of CrossFit playlists. But that's specifically weirdly where it takes me. What about you, Pete? Well, you were in the gym and I was in school. Oh, showing my age. Uh, This is very the end of a secondary school for me. Specifically, in our school, I don't know about yours, we had to have Judy in sixth year. And my Judy was the lost property. (laughs) Me and my friends, Abby and Josh, would sit in that lost property and lock the door and listen to pop girls. And these poor kids were banging on the door to get their missing tie. And we were like, no, sorry, we're closed. Yeah, you're like, I want to see if you streamed into you yet. And if you haven't, you're not getting it back. I just remember every time a single would be released, we would wait and then talk about it in the locked room of Lost Property. And my friend Josh deciding whether he was going to cancel his pre-order after every single or promo single was released. And it was cancelled and then re-bought and then cancelled again for sure for a couple of times. But (laughs) for some reason, just listening to most of the track list of this album, I think of sitting on the floor of the Lost Property. (laughs) I also remember too, now that really strangely from that story, that there was those people holding poor old men hostage on Grinder, where they'd be like, they would ask, you know, do you want to come over and meet up? And the person would be like, oh, well, show me your iTunes receipt of buying Dangerous Woman and then I'll come over. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, like, that was rife. I don't know, the Arianators were freaky, but they got her to only number two. Clearly, they needed to do better promo on Grinder to get it all the way to number one. So they were holding old men hostage. I was holding poor children hostage to buy into you before they could get their lost shirt. And I was holding my thighs hostage on this <laughs> stepper. <laughs> not step on up to this. Oh, I was not streaming that now, I won't lie. So what about her career then? Where does this take her next? And how does her sound kind of adapt and evolve? It does feel like this is the end of the initial trilogy of her albums. You know, the first three have black and white covers. It kind of transcends then into a lot more light on Sweetener, for example. Sweetener does have that more rap trap sound that you alluded to earlier that I don't overly enjoy. Pharrell was involved in a lot of Sweetener. And they were talking about people holding things hostage. He was holding me hostage. (laughs) Because it does feel like it has a lot of Dangerous Woman-esque bops as the singles. And then the album tracks are really not good for me. Not to spoil my thoughts on that. And then she progresses to Thank You Next in 2019, which I do prefer, but is of the same ilk. And then Positions in 2020, which again feels like a similar tone to Thank You Next. Kind of like a Thank You Next Side B with those sort of similar sheesh-inspired songs. So I do feel like this this is definitely the end of the more traditionally pop Ariana which I would petition for to come back. Yes I think we all definitely wait with bated breath for Ariana to come back and hit us with some vocoder, hit us with some 
high notes and some Max Martin bops. We really deserve that in our lifetime. Thank you so, so much for joining us for episode seven of Snapped. Follow along on our socials at SnapPod for some exclusive content and make sure to tune in next week for the season finale and hear all of the pop goodness. We really hope to see you then. I've been Pete. And I've been Paul. Bye. Bye, everyone.